Hi, this is Jeff Steele. Today we're reading from Exodus chapter 2, verses 11 through 25. It says, Many years later, when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. The next day, when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. Why are you beating up your friend, Moses said to the one who had started the fight. The man replied, Who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? Then Moses was afraid, thinking, Everyone knows what I did. And sure enough, Pharaoh heard what had happened, so he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. When Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down beside a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters who came as usual to draw water and fill the water troughs for their father's flocks. But some other shepherds came and chased them away. So Moses jumped up and rescued the girls from the shepherds. Then he drew water for the flocks. When the girls returned to Ruel, their father, he asked, Why are you back so soon today? An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds, they answered. And then he drew water for us and watered our flocks. Then where is he? their father asked. Why did you leave him there? Invite him to come and eat with us. Moses accepted the invitation, and he settled there with him. In time, Ruel gave Moses his daughter Zipporah to be his wife. Later she gave birth to a son, and Moses named him Gershom, for he explained, I have been a foreigner in a foreign land. Years passed, and the king of Egypt died. But the Israelites continued to groan under their burden of slavery. They cried out for help, and their cry rose up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. Now, if we think of the book of Exodus as a story, there's a lot of plot that's kind of being developed here. Moses is a Hebrew, but he's, he's kind of also an Egyptian. You notice that at the beginning of the story, he goes out to visit the Hebrews. Remember, he grew up kind of as the Pharaoh's grandson. He came from a royal household. But in the second half of this section, uh, the girls who, the, who he helps get water from the well, they call him an Egyptian. So which is he? Is he a Hebrew or is he an Egyptian? Well, the answer at this point is yes. He's, he's kind of both. And so this dual status is on display at the beginning of this section. The first time we hear about Moses, he's trying, he's kind of deciding where he stands. There's an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. And, and I might add, it's probably lawfully. The Hebrews were slaves. The Egyptian was probably well within his legal rights. So Moses makes a choice. Is this a case of sudden impulse where he didn't realize what he was doing until, until it was too late? Well, not really. Notice that the Bible goes out of its way to tell us that Moses first looked around to see if anyone would see what he was about to do. A good story doesn't waste details like that. They are important to the development of the character in the story. Moses knew what he was doing. Maybe he had some kind of inner conflict about who he was, you know, his identity as the privileged Egyptian, but he was the son of a Hebrew slave. In any case, he sides with the Hebrew, and you could say his path is kind of set at that point. Now, 
Have you ever seen a movie where you were left guessing until the very end, and then when the story comes together, you remember there were lots of little pieces throughout the movie that had kind of been confusing, and now suddenly they make sense. You know, Now they're suddenly so much more significant. It's what makes you say, oh, so that's what he was talking about all this time. You know, I didn't understand it until now. Well, the Bible likes to do that too, actually. The Old Testament is full of little details that make sense later in the story. And of course, the entire Old Testament finds its fulfillment. Uh, It finally makes sense in light of the New Testament. So where does that happen here? Remember the next day uh, when Moses confronts the Hebrew who's beating another Hebrew, the man tells him to back off saying, hey, who appointed you as a prince or judge over us? That word for prince is like the word for a ruler. Who appointed you a ruler or a judge over us? Who put you in charge? This is a great moment because that is exactly what Moses becomes later in the story, both the ruler and the judge of the people after they leave Egypt. And in fact, by the time we get to the New Testament, the name Moses is actually synonymous with the word law. Moses is the lawgiver of the Old Testament in that he's the one who wrote down God's law and gave it to the people. When a New Testament person says Moses, what they usually mean is actually the entire Old Testament law. So who appointed you ruler and judge? Well, nobody yet, but don't worry, that's coming later. Now, of course, Moses' sin catches up with him, and he has to flee, and he ends up in a place called Midian, and there he meets some girls, he impresses the father, and he marries one of them. Now, he was about 40 when he went to Midian, and about 80 when he returned to Egypt. So during those 40 years, the Pharaoh died, and another one took his place. And in verse 24, It says, God remembered his promise. Now, when the Bible says that God remembered, it's not suggesting that up until this point he had forgotten. When I remember something, it's because I had forgotten about it, right? When my wife asks me to pick something up from the store on my way home and I pull in the driveway without it, it's because I've forgotten it, okay? I do that, uh, actually, often. I get thinking about something else or rehearsing an earlier conversation I had and and I lose track of what I was supposed to do until it's usually too late. And then I say, oh, yeah. See, but God never says, oh, yeah. The Bible isn't saying that God woke up one day and said, now, whatever happened to those Hebrews of mine? Where did I put them? Oh, shoot, they're still in Egypt. Whoops, it's been like 400 years. I guess I should fix that. That's not... That's not what it means when God remembered. And this is important because it's a recurring expression in the Bible. When God remembers something, it's because he is about to do something about it. Every time the Bible talks about God remembering someone, it is because he is ready to get involved in their situation. God is not suddenly aware of someone he forgot. Remembering a person means he's about to fulfill a promise that he made to them. And in this case, what promise? The second to last verse says, it's the promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, what do these guys have to do with the story? Remember, Abraham is considered the father of the nation. 
Israel traces their lineage back to Abraham. Throughout the Bible, even in the New Testament, the name Abraham is used as representative of all of God's people. They all claim to be children of Abraham. Abraham, then his son Isaac, and Isaac's son Jacob are the first three generations of God's people. The promise that he's referring to is the promise to Abraham that he would make him a great nation and that all nations would be blessed through him. It's a reminder of what this story is going to be all about. And as we look at where they are now, enslaved, mistreated, they don't look like a great nation, do they? It's about, the story is going to be about a people, God's people, and the journey that he's going to lead them on. And now, here at the end of chapter 2, the stage is set, and the action will pick up in chapter 3 tomorrow. So, what does that really mean for us? I think that it's important to remember that we are God's people too. Listen, you and I might not have Jewish ancestry. We might not trace our lineage back to Abraham. But throughout the New Testament, we understand that all followers of Jesus are spiritually Abraham's children. That those promises include us. And so as we get ready to start on this journey to freedom, the question is, what is your journey? Maybe you've been following God a long time, or maybe you're just taking your first few steps. No matter where you find yourself today, you are a part of this story that God is telling. And like the story that we're going to read in Exodus, your story probably has ups and downs. It probably has really high points and really low points. A couple of themes that I'd like us to pay attention to here in Exodus and actually throughout Scripture. Number one, God is there, whether you are Uh, up or down. And number two, he remembers his promises. Let's pray. Father, I ask today that you (laughs) remember your people. And, And by remembering your people, I mean that you would act on our behalf, God, that you would Uh, show up in those areas that we need you to show up, that you would intervene in things that we need you to intervene. God, I pray that you would lead and that you would guide us strongly today in your name. Amen. Have a great day.